allow her to pursue her dream. She said, when you become a man, you allow your wife to do what it is that she wants to do and you inspire her and you allow her to live out her dreams and she will always appreciate that and I gotta keep my promise so to these black men out there did you make a promise mm. to your mom to your grandma that you you're gonna stand by and I'm not crying cause I'm sad I'm crying cause I'm overjoyed that I'm doing right by my grandma and by my, my wife, my mother, my mama. And they say, you cannot be admired unless you are first criticized. And we are appreciative, not just of the admiration from a standpoint of outside beings, but we need to admire one another as our family. And as long as we have the admiration of our families, kids, my wife, We've already won. Netflix, they don't have to do nothing. We're going to move on. It's all good. But what we're trying to say is, if we look out for one, we should look out for all. My bad, baby. of Speaking of Truth is brought, you, is brought to you by Associates Life Coaching and Counseling. If you're feeling blue and don't know what to do, call Anthony Brown and he will help you. For Associates Life, for life Coaching and Counseling, please go to www.associateslifecoachingandcounseling.com or call 281-545-5003. So it has been about a week or so, and I've heard uh, other commentaries, uh, other podcasters, other people on Facebook, Twitter, uh, have a comment about Monique and drag Monique through the mud. And... I, at first, said I wasn't going to touch that subject. And I was not going to have an opinion about another sister and what's in her pocketbook and how she's going to, how she feels to fight for what's just. Because as a union organizer and as a labor organizer, I'm all for it, for fighting for what's just. However, after seeing the the uh, video on Periscope, or what actually was uh, something that was posted from Facebook from Periscope, and hearing Sydney and Monique 
and listening to them, I was compelled to have a comment and to say something on the topic. I know it's a far stretch that my sister will even hear my comments, but I have to do my part to put something out in the in the in the universe in the atmosphere. Monique, Monique, Monique. Now, I understand your plight. I understand your argument. I understand the justice behind it, the unjust part of it. And I'm not in the entertainment business, and it's not my business of what's in anyone's pocketbook. With that being said, I believe that you are going about this all the wrong way. On one end, and after listening to everybody, no one can debate the fact that you are very talented. No one can take that away from you. No one can take the awards away from you. No one can can say can take away the accolades. No one can take away the talent. As long as you breathe breath and continue to be in your right mind, you will be talented. And I'm really looking forward to other work that you will do because I will always support you. I last saw you on a panel in Houston uh, of a movie that you, uh, I think it was called Blackbird. Uh, and that's the last time I've seen you. That's my first and last time I've seen you in person. Uh, and you seem to be very approachable and, and very humble. But I believe that you're going about this fight the wrong way. Um, it was it's very obvious that you have been blackballed and you really took that campaign on the street and you made that very uh we got it um and it was very unfair that they blackballed you in reference to that and uh and you called out Oprah Winfrey and, and and in a lot of people's eyes, she's a, a goddess, and I and that really hurt you. And it, it's not fair, it's not right, but the reality is that you are blackballed and hurt you. In my opinion, and who am I to say what you to do what, for what you to do? In my opinion, what I think that sh- what should have transpired is that you have taken a deal and I understand that it was actually more than $500,000 that it could have been up to $3 million which was still unjust compared to what the other brothers was making and other uh, Amy uh, was making and build on that taking the money, build on that and after you got your coin to have an opinion and let them know how unjust at that particular point you were treated. And in, and after being a limelight, and I don't want to say making yourself relevant again because you are relevant. A lot of people say you're no longer relevant. No, she, you, you're relevant. 
but people have to see you doing work and know that of your know your value again. So after being coming out of being blackballed and going on the stage or, or whatever project it was and doing your best and hitting it and people being reminded because unfortunately as Americans our attention span and our memory is very short. I don't know why I realize that as Americans. But going back out and hitting it and 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 really reminding people how talented you are at that particular time say something. And then do the and then if you can't land other jobs at that particular point, you do independent things. You make money yourself, do independent projects. And the way I see it now, the only way that you will be able to possibly come up from this would have to be independent projects. Because I'm, I'm not sure. After people, after hearing so many different things, after a lot of people dragging you in the mud, I don't see how you will be anytime soon. You'll be able to make any money. Now, my other opinion about this, my it's not my business, but this is my humble opinion, is that I, sometimes. You, the worst thing you could do is to do business with people that you're related to or people that you're married to because you're blinded by, by different things. It's in my humble opinion that your husband you be, is hurting your career. He is uh, misguiding you in different ways because how things if if you had a different management team your management team will guide you in a better way now i'm, I'm going to play a little bit more of Monique's clip and Malik lets you know that no he's the one that's protecting me and keeping me from being so hood keeping me being so baltimore and he's the one keeping me calm and the general consensus is that he's been hurting you so it's my opinion you need Someone that's more professional, that knows how to negotiate better, that can really calm you down even that much more, that's out of the picture, unless Sydney brings home some money a different way or manage someone else. But as I see that he is hurting you more, he's helping you. So I'm going to play the rest of this Periscope, uh, this Periscope uh, interview, per se, or or production that she put out so you can hear the rest of what Monique said. I've taken the charge of being loud. I've taken the charge of being tacky. I've taken the charge of being ratchet. I've taken those charges. But when I sit next to a king and that king says to me mama I'm proud of you I'm proud of you I'm going to say it the best way I can say it and see when my sons sit at the dinner table 
And their daddy begins to explain to them what their mama is dealing with. And our boys look at their daddy and they look at their mama and they go, wow, we're so proud of y'all. So when y'all want to question me, why I call him daddy? Let me tell you why I call him daddy. Because he's raising me, goddammit. See, if this man wasn't on my side, do you know how many motherfuckers people would have been? Do you know how many coons people would have been? Do you know how tacky I would have gotten? Though y'all know I would have been right. Though y'all know I would have been right, but this man is teaching me to have empathy and love. This man is saying to me, Mama, for the black woman who won't stand for you, I'm going to need you to love him through it. He's saying to me, Mama, for the black man who won't stand for you, I'm going to need you to love him through it. Now, my, I want to say, fuck them niggas. But this man sitting next to me, he's saying, I need you to learn empathy and patience. So for y'all that want to question shit, I get it, because you ain't seen your mama be loved by nobody. I get it. See, and I'm going to say it because it's on my heart. See, everybody talking about Oprah Winfrey for president. And we are rattling behind her. The black women are saying, yeah, 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 yeah. But let me ask y'all a question. Whenever did she rally behind us? When? What award show did she get up on the stage and say, hashtag me too? What sister? Is that, and I want to say this, please. Jada Pinkett Smith, let me say something to you, baby. Me and you come from the same place called Baltimore, Maryland. And me and you know what it is to walk on the streets of our city and see inequality. Because we come from the same cloth. So I want to thank you, baby, for standing. And that she said, y'all may not, may not like how she said it. Or the way she said it, but goddamn it, she said it. Because I will ask any of y'all uncourageous asses, whenever has change happened with fucking silence? When? Whenever has a difference been made and we didn't say shit? So y'all scared niggas out there, keep being scared. Then you, you're asking me, and see y'all are asking me, and I appreciate the questions. I appreciate John Mary. John Mary. So, Monique. Uh, I get you. I, I get it. I get the fight for justice. I get the fight for fair prey. I get it. Uh, I'm in that same fight. And as, uh, but as a small business owner, my small business, sometimes for me to become relevant, sometimes I do things where I'm not paid or I take on second jobs that's I wouldn't say beneath me, but not my worth. Uh, where I paid close to minimum wage just to have something extra. So, so I, I sometimes you have to do things that like that to get ahead. And I know it's not about finances and not getting ahead because I hear you have twelve million in the, in the bank, and it, it's none of my business what you have. But if that is true, you, you certainly is, you're certainly not hungry. That the things, the, the main thing is that it's important that you make she makes herself relevant. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop talking like I'm talking first person like I'm talking to her. It's important that she makes herself relevant, and it's important that she needs more management 
handled, it should have been handled more eloquently. But now that the situation has blown up, it you should quiet it down. Um, and do something independent. And after you do something independent, it will remind people your talent. And then you fight for what's just a different way. And maybe fight with your sister, uh, Jada Pinkett. You mentioned Jada Pinkett. So I'm not, the, I get the fight. I'm not saying, I, I get the fight. I understand fighting for justice. I get that. However, I just think some guidance needs to take place. So enough for Monique, enough with, with that. Uh, uh, I'm not going to drag her in the mud and say negative things about her and as like a lot of people are saying because if you know your worth, you know your worth, but but when you there's a time for fighting and there's a time for being humble and I just think that the timing was all wrong. And there's a way to fight. The timing was all wrong. And then sometimes when you fight to fight, fight for just you don't drag other people's names down. You don't, you, you just don't do that. So, that's my take on Monique. Another topic I want to uh, talk about is, um, Something I'll come across, I came across, uh, actually, okay, someone requested me as a friend on Facebook, and I have a professional Facebook profile, one for my business, and one for uh, being the president of a, uh, that I just created being a president of a, a local, a union local. And I have my personal Facebook profile where... I've decided to be a little bit more particular about who I allow to be my Facebook friend because a lot of times I post trips I go on, I post personal comments, uh, sometimes have debates about one thing or another, which, which I, I've probably been a little bit, bit immature about that in the past. Um, and they post pictures, personal pictures. So, people that I don't know, I'm, uh, I'm just going to be a little, have been a little bit guarded about that, but I do have, uh, uh, since I'm more in the public life, I do have other profiles where I put out union photos when it, in terms of my union work or information in terms to uh, my business, my business, my small business. Uh, my counseling business. So there's someone who I recognize name, but I did not recognize, there was no picture and there was nothing on their profile They requested me as a Facebook friend. So I said, well, who is this person? You know, their name's familiar, but there's no pictures, there's nothing on, on and I know they, that you can have a fake profile or 
someone can create a fake profile on you. In fact, at one time, uh, someone created a fake profile of me with my same date of birth and everything. Uh, and I reported it. I was kind of, even though I have a common name, but it was just too many similarities. The same birthday uh, and things of that nature. So I reported that and it was taken down, I believe. So um, I did a, me being an investigator, I, I uh, have an investigation, investigative background. I just Googled the person's name because I was trying to figure out, okay, is this someone in the union or is it someone that I should know? And what came up was this website called um, mylife.com incorporated. And it, it, ha it had a rating of this person's trustworthy, trustworthiness. And it gave him like a two point something. So I was, so I was like, okay, how can it, how can a profile, how can a computer profile, be created to determine how trustworthy a person is? So I pulled my name, and this company has the audacity to rate my trustworthy profile as fair. Well, the, this other person was rated poor. So I guess I shouldn't feel too bad since mine's rated fair. Uh, and so anyway, my, my, we had a combination. I had to scroll down quite a bit to even find, find what matches me with my age and everything. And it says that it has my age, my date of birth, where I live, and sometimes I go by, which is all, all my name, uh, various versions of my name, my last name, first, first name, last, first initial, middle name, things of that nature. So I really, I guess that came off credit reports or whatever, uh, where, and I've seen that on my credit reports, but I don't go by alias. Uh, people who know me do call me a nickname, but it's, you know, just my initials or whatever, but it's not really a nickname. So some some people who know me intimately do call me something different, but but uh, uh, that's neither here nor there. So it has my air code, my phone number, it has my email address that's kind of blocked out there, it has my partial street name, it has info pending like my income, which ain't nobody business what my income is, and and if they do have my income. Part of my income is, is public record anyway because of, because of where I work. And uh, part of my income, you wouldn't know unless you got my tax reports because some of it's earned, some of it's uh, uh, self-employment. It doesn't have my political uh, affiliation. It doesn't know my current network. It doesn't know my relationship. How many kids, my religion doesn't have all that. But they, you can find that out if you I guess if you, since my Facebook profile, I information my Facebook profile is private, but they got into it. Uh, they, you can find that. And it asks, where does, where does this information come from? And it says, we gather information from public sources to create complete and current background reports and reputation source scores for everyone. We believe it's important for you to know what's available online and how it affects your reputation score and help you correct or remove what's wrong to improve your reputation in life. 
Okay, so this computer program is going to determine someone's reputation, really? And it goes down and says uh, my name and how old I am, and I was born on, it's my birth date, and where I currently live. And, okay, the various nicknames, it has my address. That's repeated information. Uh, Anthony may have hidden social profiles and photos. Yes, I have. My main Facebook profile, you can only see what I let people see. That's protected. And then my Instagram profile is protected, even though I just created a professional one. To see social media activities, this may contain online profiles, dating websites. Yeah, right. No, I have nothing on dating websites anymore. Forgotten social media accounts and other potential embarrassing profiles. Oh, really? Okay. This may also contain additional contact information. I'm not worried about that. Um, let's see. Work history does not insist a check full background report to get my work. That's public record. Uh, to see possible job history, including what current or previous jobs, companies they may have been employed at job titles, duration of employment. So that would be a plus because I've been at the same company for years and years and years, the same organization. School history, check full background. So I wonder if they really have that. But that's a plus. You know, I have what? How many degrees? One, two, three, three degrees. Um, for if you look at it a different way, view full background details, properties. So that they say so that's info is pending, but that's public record. You have that. It has the automobiles I used to own. It has my last car that I sold. I traded in uh, a couple of years ago now, and it has the car I had before that. Uh, that's scary. Uh, corporate affiliations. I may have corporate affiliations. See a complete list of known corporate affiliations. This may contain information such as company name, so it, it should have that as well. License of permits. Yeah, I have a license, so that's public record. Uh, photos. Okay, it says view photos. Photos. Let me hit view. What comes up? Okay, it's loading something. Locating photos and full background report for Anthony Brown. This is crazy. How can a program determine how trustworthy you are? So, which means that if you're going to date someone, you're going to pull up their trustworthy profile to determine how trustworthy they are? And, and then it has people that I'm related to, and I have never heard of these people. It has Anita Brown, I don't know who that is, a Mary Brown, I don't know who that is. It has a couple other people. I better start calling names in case it's people who, I mean, I know someone, name is on here, that's possibly a sixth cousin that I just met a year or so ago at a family reunion. Her name is on here as a possible relative. But why would it pick her? And She doesn't even live in Texas. But, uh, but just looking at that, it may not be her, it be anyone that I know, but it's a family name of a part of the family that I know that uh, I just met, and it's not even, they're not even from Texas. So 
Um, still loading some stuff. Finalizing report. This is crazy. So this is what we have come to this, in this country. We've come to a country that totally depends on the internet to uh, determine someone's trustworthiness instead of having meaningful relationships and conversations and things of that nature. Is this what we've come to? I, I know that a lot of times we text people rather than have conversations with people and confusion can start. And it even I've seen younger people, uh, you know, because I, I counsel a lot of young people and I talk to a lot of younger people who are so connected to social media where especially when they're dating, they say, well, they someone posted this picture or posted this song and thinking that this person is singing, sending a, simple, a, a subliminal message about them or is related to them, and it may not even be about them. And I say, this might not even be about you. But that's where we've come to where we depend on social media to identify who we are. And, and I get caught up in it a, a little bit in a sense. Identify who we are or create who we are and show who we are instead of having personal relationships with people. And, and then sometimes when you attempt to have personal relationships with people, people tend to have an opinion about you rather, rather than really getting to really know you on a certain level and have an a, a opinion about you on the surface and then um, uh, try to drag your name in a certain way. I've met people that said, well, I don't really know you but I've heard one thing about this person says one thing about you, and I was like, "Well, that person don't even know me to say one thing or another." But uh, the the older you get, the uh, more uh, the more you don't you're not concerned about you know who said this, who said that, or well about pleasing other people. So when you on your day to day doing you or doing things in the world, you're going to run across people who don't care or care about you. And uh, and that's life, you know. And, and then the old, so as long as you know you live your life right and you're doing things just, you don't really care about that. Uh, so I've learned, uh, I try to care of myself as a person that respect, that's respectful and respect other people and sensitive to other people's feelings, by being, especially by being a counselor. Uh, but, I know that uh, that especially now that I'm in certain leadership positions, there are going to be people who don't like me or not like decisions that I make or like might not like certain things I say, and that's going to be life, and that's that's, that's going to happen. But at the end of the day, if if people know a person on an intimate level rather than on the surface or rather than on a business level. Uh, they uh, they know unless you going around you know being misogynistic or sexist or homophobic or hate saying hateful things or things of that nature uh, uh, that can uh, that can really be really say who you are uh, you can't go around having hateful opinions or putting hateful thoughts out there 
and expect to have respect from people. You know, uh, for people that are very powerful, you hear that they say certain, um, certain, make certain comments and they or make certain racial or misogynistic or sexist comments and then other people to say, well, this person really isn't racist or, or think something like that in nature, that's crazy. So this thing has come up, okay, it, it, I guess, it, I'm surprised it's given as much information without even charging. So I guess I'm sure it's, uh, now my profile, my numbers have gone up. Okay, no, it's, not, it's the same as fair. So I, I feel some type of way because this thing says my reputation is fair and not good, and I, I, I don't know how to make that determination. You don't know me. You know, I feel like writing these people, you don't know me, you know, to put me fair. So so that's very interesting. Um, very, very, very interesting. This is what we've come to. We've come to uh, um, a world that is judging you by a computer program of whether or not um, your trustworthy profile. And I wonder if, and then at the same time, I guess if one thing or another isn't pulled, in my opinion, I guess if, if a person's a very high, those, to me, those would be the, the people that I would look at aside if, it, if it's off the scale because they haven't really lived. And it has, okay, it has someone that lives in Ohio that may be my relative, and I think I do have a relative from Ohio, but it's a very distant cousin. I have some cousins in Ohio, but I never heard of this person. And then somebody I've never heard of before that live in Houston I may be related to. So it's not foolproof. I mean, it's not completely accurate at all. So I don't, I don't know how it determines who you could possibly be related to. So now it says my estimated value is 100K or less. Okay. How do you know? Um, my household income is it, estimating my household income which is way lower than what it really is. My education level, well, I don't know what this means. It has different, it's color-coded. Neighborhood information. This is crazy. So anyway, I just wanted to share that because I thought that was very interesting. I ran across that. So in other news, the... Let's talk about the government shutdown, shenanigans. On one hand, they were blaming the Democrats for the government sh sh uh, shutdown, and some people are blaming 45. And what I don't understand, I guess, is that the Republican Party in both sections, the conservative faction and the far right, far right Tea Party part, that's really trying to turn this country upside down and how they just I guess I shouldn't be surprised but they, they never amazed me how you put children's health online for a damn wall money for a damn wall to be built which it should be more if you're going to build a wall, which is ludicrous to begin with, 
it should be more of an automated wall rather than a physical wall. And every time I hear about this damn wall, what comes to my mind is um, I keep thinking about Germany and thinking about how I remember when, I'm telling my age, but I remember when, um, what's that actor that was the president? Ronald Reagan went overseas, and I know I was in school when, when this happened, so I'm not that old older man of a certain age, but I look young. I look still look good. But anyway, um, how he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I remember that in my mind, even though that was that was um, for show and uh, in theater, you know. But it was a time that was very meaningful in Germany's history to have a united Germany rather than east and west Germany and at the end of the Cold, the Cold War, which seems that we are re-entering that, that Cold War. Um, and what are we going to gain by, by building a wall south of the border, which is all about racism, and try to prevent people south of the border from coming this way rather than having a backyard uh, neighborly foreign policy like they did, I think it was during the Truman days, and to do more things to help out people south of the border to make their way of life in those particular countries, especially Mexico, more compatible to our lives. And at the same time, this this country is by being built on immigration. There's enough. There's so much undeveloped land in this this nation, and so much growth that could become in this young nation because this is a young nation. And by this country being built on, and I and I know you probably have to have some some type of rules in place, possibly, uh, and and some of it may have to do with protecting us from terrorism or whatever. But if you want, if 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 it is about terrorism, they're certainly looking at the wrong border. The border where the terrorists uh, come from is uh, is from north of the borders. It's from Canada. That's the vulnerable border. But because of racism, you're looking at the southern border. So that is just a, such a waste of money. That money can be spent on our... Uh, our uh, infrastructure in this country, which is which is which is going to the, to 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 hell. Bridges need to be rebuilt. Highways need to be upgraded. Rail needs to be built, especially here in Texas and Southeast Texas, where I live in the Houston area. We need uh, bullet trains to get from one place to another, which things that that uh, Europe has has, has uh, accomplished. Even though Europe is a very old country with a lot of history of very old buildings, but they have their rail system together. Why can't we get our rail system together, especially in Texas by being a, such a big state? I want to get on the train. <laughs> you know, I would ride the train more. Even if our public transportation was better here in Houston, I would use public trans- transportation better because the, 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 the rail line that we have, to me, is a joke because it doesn't go to a lot of places where you need to go. It doesn't pick up 
in, in the neighborhoods, well, uh, except for the east line, the east end line, uh, but it really didn't, for the most part, it didn't go to places where people live, like the southwest side and, and like the northeast side. And, and and even the west side, places where people would really ride the train, and it doesn't have even commuter rail going far north, northwest, where a lot of where it's heavily a lot of people live, you know. So rail is something that will cut down on traffic congestion. It gives you different options, and it will bring down emissions. It will help out the environment. So those are things that those are things that money that needs to be spent rather than on shenanigans like a darn wall. Uh, so they had children's health mixed up in this madness, and uh, and so fortunately the government only shut down for one day. So by uh, Monday night it was overturned. So so. I have a few friends that work for the federal government. And what I've been told is that the initial day that the government is shut down, you still have to go to work that day. And you go to work to fill out paperwork for half a day. And then um, and then once you are off, you still uh, get paid for the money that you, uh, your, your loss of wages. And the government really end up spending more money for the so-called shutdown than it would have spent. Uh, that it would have spent it had it not shut down, and, and the uh, production is 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 uh, is is interrupted. So it's just a big waste of money, and I don't even know why they just won't even pass a budget a year in advance. Uh, I just don't get it. Uh, I'm president of a, a, a local nonprofit, and we pass our budget uh, a couple quarters before even, before even, um, and I'm not telling any secrets, a couple quarters before uh, it even, um, even starts. E any organization is going to pass their budget, put it that way. Any organization is going to pass a budget well in advance before a fiscal year and not pass a budget in the middle of a fiscal year like the U.S. government is doing. Uh, fiscal year for the federal fiscal year starts October 1st and it goes to September, the, uh, the end of September, the 30th. So why are they, why are they dealing with a budget in the middle of a fiscal year to begin with? The state of Texas, their budget is by by annual, but it's passed, you know, by that summer. By the legislation is usually over, but the summer before um, the fiscal year, anyway, the fiscal year on the state level, at least in the Texas state level, starts September the first, and that that budget, which is really a, a muck. You know, but that budget is passed. I th I know probably in the spring, the session usually doesn't go through the summer unless they're in a special session. So it's just crazy to to um, to uh, um, the federal government 
goes they do things by different rules and I'm not saying that you can make government like a business because it isn't a business but there's certain things that a government should, should do so so that's another thing about that craziness and why I'm on 45 in, 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 in Washington and things in that how many of you are going to watch the State of the Union address which is going to take place uh, Tuesday uh, I I'm going to probably watch the highlights rather than uh, sit through a bunch of lies and, and empty promises but I'll watch the highlights and watch some of the commentary afterwards uh, uh, so uh, oh and another thing about uh, the uh, the uh, government uh, uh, shutdown was that they were holding the aid to Harvey victims which you really need in Houston area uh, they were holding and, and, and surrounding area they were really holding that up so that sucks Now, the Grammys. Let me talk about the Grammys. It seemed kind of weird what was going on. It seemed that they, the Grammys were really criticized last year for not really including, um, uh, by leaving the African-American community out. And it seemed like they really went overboard to this year to show a lot of R&B, even though they did show some other genres, but it was heavily R&B and hip-hop to me, a lot of the performances that they showed, which I thought I thought I was wa watching the BET Awards or something. And it, I enjoyed the movie, some of the stuff, like the Carly B and and, and uh, things of that nature, but uh, or should I even call it the Grammys? What should I call it? When someone Bruno Mars show, I really should call it Bruno Mars show because Bruno Mars cleaned up. And if I was ahead of Grammys, if I had, if this world was mine and I was over the Grammys, or I could tell the Grammys what to do, what I would say is that it sh it should be a cap on how many awards one artist can get, and then let someone else get awards. It doesn't make sense. It never made sense to me to have one artist, and I'm not taking anything away from Bruno Mars because his album is out of this world. I was not a Bruno Mars fan until this last album. It's, it's a hit. You know, I really, really like, I really, really become a Bruno Mars fan based on his last album. And one thing that he said was that he... Jim and Jam and Terry Lewis and uh, some other artists, th these are the type of people who he, who the music he sung, which made him, when he started performing in 15, and it was awesome music, and it was music that brought people together from different sides of the globe. And um, uh, so that's, that's his influences. Um, and that's what he was trying to recreate that feeling in this last album, or, or LP, I think that's what you call them now. And because uh, no one buys albums anymore, I, I don't even buy CDs. I download everything. I'm all all on downloaded music, but um, but I do purchase it though. Uh, well, I'm part of Apple, uh, the Apple. Uh, I pay a flat fee for Apple, and I can have unlimited downloading. 
So, because I love music. But anyway, so so the Bruno Mars show or the Grammys, he won in some certain categories, and and I've heard someone stated state that um, I think it was another podcast and state that that they felt that. Uh, which I kind of agree with that what the Grammys was doing, what, what this this person was saying this prior to the Grammys, what they were doing by having Jay Z in certain categories and uh, is to is was something to to try to get Beyonce to return, and they and they were hoping Jay Z didn't show up, but Jay Z did show up. Jay Z, <laughs> Jay Z, Jay Z, I have an uncle Jay Z, but Jay Z did show up, and. Um, um, he didn't win an award, but I felt in, that he should have deserved uh, to win one of those categories. But Kendrick Lamar did win an award, and and I was very pleased with him. And he had an eloquent speech where he described music as painting on a canvas, and um, th- that was a very that was an excellent analogy of. Describing music as painting on the canvas because music is uh, is art. It's not visual art, but it's, it's 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 no different from visual art. Is indeed audio art. So last weekend, I had the uh, the privilege to attend the uh, Texas AFL CIO uh, COPE convention as a uh, Delegate, uh, which is one of my duties, uh, uh, to be a delegate uh, representing my local. And um, at this convention, um, it's basically what a corporate convention is: is committee on political education. And basically, at this convention is where we endorse candidates that are running for. Office uh, and it's prior to the, the primaries. The primaries is in March. Uh, we officially endorse certain candidates that are running for offices. We endorsed uh, governor. Uh, we endorsed we endorsed Lupe Valdez. Uh, we endorse who's running for uh, uh, Senate, and that was a no endorse. And I won't even get into that at all. Uh, well, well, I shouldn't get into it. Uh, well, I'm gonna go ahead and get into it. Uh, um, Beto O'Rourke, O'Rourke, I might be pronouncing his name. We basically didn't endorse him because of his voting history uh, as a congressman, uh, from my understanding. So that well, so we didn't just endorse anyone at all, and uh, so which shows that just because. You're, you're a Democrat does not mean that uh, certain groups and certain unions are going to be in bed with you. Those days are over, politicians. Um, and other other races we endorse for people or didn't endorse at all. And other local um, locals decided who they were going to endorse whatever race for for local offices or local legislative uh, offices. So the reason we 
who's running for governor on the Democratic side, and, and we do tend to endorse more Democrat than Republicans because the Democratic Party normally votes on the side of working people rather than Republicans, but at the same time, you have people who what are called political cross-dressers that they claim to be of a, a, a certain ideology, but in fact, uh, and that's probably a bad word, bad example. Now I'm thinking about it. Probably it's not the best, uh, the best example to use, uh, best political correct example to use. But that's what they uh, use. So that's no offense to the trans community by by saying that. But anyway, um, that's what this is normally called is to to. to uh, that's what they traditionally call it. So, but I'm gonna have to think of think of a different name uh, to call it, uh, since I'm uh, want to be politically politically correct on and, and on uh, all levels. Um, so we endorse Lupe Valdez, who is the the uh, sheriff or was the sh who was the sheriff of Dallas County. I think she's probably still a sheriff or was the sheriff. And Mark Andrew White, who was the son of a governor we had in the 80s, uh, prior to Ann Richards, Mark White uh, was our governor. I think he was prior to Ann Richards. Yeah, and then Ann Richards was actually the last Democratic governor we had. And Mark White in Texas is known for having some strong legislations on education. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, uh, they passed a bill uh, which he encouraged the Congress to pass, no pass, no play, which made it that if you were not passing in your classes, you could not participate in extracurricular activities. So uh, that was a very controversial bill. Um, so he's, he's known for that. And um, so his son, Andrew Wright, who's a business owner and a millionaire, uh, he's a businessman, is running for governor. The reason I'm hearing what to me by him running for governor and only on name recognition in my opinion and and about not have any political just a businessman and not have any political experience reminds me of Trump. So that's why I was I have reservations. And another uh, thing that didn't sit well was that it seems that he was for uh, school vouchers. I, he actually said he was for school, not school vouchers, but charter schools. But it was the same thing, I guess, school vouchers. Charter schools, he's for school charter schools as long as they allow the them to organize. And charter schools is really to, it's privatization and privatization of education, and that's what's really messing up the educational process. The charter schools that are in the Houston area, there are a few that are good. I'm not just speaking for the Houston area because I'm speaking from what I know. There are a few that are good, but most of them are just trash. They're not educating the students on the same level uh, as other uh, as other schools. And you're rating the budget from other schools, especially inner city schools, which is making it... Uh, very hard for inner city, certain inner city schools to uh, educate their students. I'm thinking about my Ohio school, which is suffering, and I believe charter schools had a lot, lot to do with that. 
Um, so that was possibly one of the reasons why uh, we endorsed uh, Lupe. Now, Lupe Valdez is not as eloquent speaker as Andrew White. However, she talks the talk. She has experience in governing uh, in an agency in Dallas, uh, uh, the Sheriff's Department, and turning that Sheriff's Department around. And she's the real deal. Um, whether or not she will be actually elected is another thing. Um, I'm hoping that she will because uh, I didn't think Obama could be elected when he was elected. So certainly Texas is something that people are watching to see if Texas turned blue. Uh, I think right now it's, it's, it's one of those states that's, that could be a swing state uh, on a lot of different levels. Um, the inner cities, Dallas, Houston, El Paso, San Antonio, uh, Austin, those cities are traditionally uh, Democrat. But the population in between are traditionally conservative or they may be swing voters. So you just never know. Uh, but Lupe Valdez is the real deal and, and that's what she was endorsed because she really talks. She really knows what she's doing. She really understands uh, uh, working class people. We really need a governor in the office that understands working class people and it's for the common person and not for the rich uh, and not selling the government agency by agency, which is something that's going on bit by bit. That's what's going on now. It's time for us to have a, another democratic governor and I hope that can't, that will happen. But um, so we we'll just have to wait and see. Um, another person that spoke at the uh, convention is a guy by the name of Terry Melvin. I've never heard of Terry Melvin before, but he was really a great speaker, and he really called out the uh, why the Democratic Party uh, lost uh, the election, and one of the reasons he was saying was because uh, we couldn't, a lot of the people in the party couldn't get over the Sanders-Clinton uh, thing. And then a lot of things that he said was that after TPP, uh, we, uh, well, he was really talking about labor in, in that sense, that we were so focused on TPP and then uh, that kind of like skewed uh, the labor's attention on um, anything else. And to, t to, to, to let you know what TPP is, that's the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which is a, a uh, which was a uh, deal that Obama um, was trying to push. And it was a secret, a lot of uh, secrecy was in this particular trade agreement and and it was could possibly send a lot of trade overseas, a lot of labor overseas, and it's something that labor really didn't want. Uh, so uh, they were really fighting against it, and they, and and it was on a fast track. 
and labor really wanted them to kind of slow down with it and really and really have more transparency in that particular bill. So 45 was against it, and um, uh, that's something that he he was against. So it it it, it fell because of that, and maybe that's the only. Um, Good thing that 45 could numbers. But Terry Melvin is the president of the what was Black Trade. Let's see, I have it right here. It's right in front of my eyes. He's the president of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists. And I wanted to... Uh, let you listen to his speech. It's very eloquent done. It really challenges uh, those of us who uh, who uh, are a little liberal, who, are, who, who believe in the uh, values of liberalism or the Democratic Party agenda. And I uh, just wanted to hear his charge to us.
That's what you have it. He was towards the end saying rise up. He started to lose his voice towards the end, or encouraging us to rise up and get get involved in the political process and get the vote out. Because uh, Texas could definitely be uh, a blue state, but there's so many people that aren't involved in the political process that we need to encourage them to get involved. So uh, that was a very eloquent speaker to me, a very encouraging speaker uh, to me. And... Uh, I think that, well, my hope is that as a result of what's going on in D.C., that it's been a wake-up call, that it will be a wake-up call to us to get more involved in the off-season election. If we can wake up, we can make a difference in this off-season election and to change some of the local seats. And if some of the local seats can be changed and be flipped, that's a callous to things to be changed nationally so that we can get this country back on the right direction in terms of being a country that holds, that holds common people, common working people uh, as human beings, as men and women. Because if you concentrate on the top 10, 2 to 10%, of people and forget the rest of them and pass policies that will ultimately impoverish people and ultimately make people's life expectancy shorter because of lack of health care. It's, it's not a good look. You know, what's the point in having government if government can be for the people? other people by the people. You have been listening to Anthony Brown. Speaking the truth with Anthony Brown, your host. This was episode six. I would like for you to email me your ideas uh, of possibly topics or if you feel that you want you bold enough or strong enough or or will want to be interviewed Email me, speakingthetruth.ab at gmail.com. Subscribe and give me whatever you think this show deserves. This is a new show. Podcast is new for me. If you like the content, uh, Speaking the Truth is going to be, it's more about mental health, about happiness, about politics, about some of the entertainment things. Uh, the next Speaking of Truth, I'm going to be interviewing uh, someone in reference to uh, 12-step program and, and treatment and things of that nature, and to hear someone else's story and his uh, uh, battle and recovery 
of addictions and talk about harm reduction versus 12 step. And then later on, uh, I want to do an interview uh, about, uh, to get someone else's perspective about being black and Republican. I'm really looking forward to that interview as well. And then hopefully bringing back another discussion uh, but you just have to wait. Uh, but I have uh, uh, three possible uh, interviews coming up in the next three episodes. I uh, expect it before to be very interesting. I'm really enjoying this platform. I've been enjoying uh, doing this podcast. I hope you are too. So subscribe, share. You can find me on TuneIn, Stitches. Audio Boom, uh, Google Play, iTunes, and hopefully a lot of people, a lot of other places where you typically hear podcasts. You have been listening to Speaking the Truth. This is your host, Anthony Brown, and Midlife.